The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 393 of the Spanish Announce Table. Can't even talk because I'm so excited that it is the nine-year anniversary for the pair of nine-inchers here. You've got Tim and Tom at the Spanish Announce Table. You might have to rewind that if you didn't catch that. But we're excited. We are. I can't. Tom, I didn't think you'd stand to be friends with me this long. So that's one thing. And then two, the show, right? That we're still sitting here discussing all things pro wrestling. And maybe not all things, but most things pro wrestling in the mainstream. And boy, there's some doozies. I mean, we've got some big, big news. We've got one of the biggest news in pro wrestling history uh first off i didn't know that we were friends so that's news to me and second (laughs) yeah we've been talking pro wrestling think about all the different technological uh advancements that has happened in the last nine years we went from doing this in a radio station to now doing this at home over zoom uh there's been uh, the advancements of things like TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and all of these amazing things that where now we can interact more and more with our fan base. And it has been so much fun. I've met so many great people. Cause again, the origin story, besides you being the producer of the MMA show that I was on, you were part of another pro wrestling community before Spanish announce table. Yep. And I have actually got to meet some of those people and some of those people still interact with us today. So look at that. Which is insane, right? Yeah. Pro wrestling, aside from the Spanish announce table, because I mean, we do it because of pro wrestling. I have met uh, countless people, you know, from around the world. I mean, we're interacting with a celebrity from London who's shooting a movie in the States and Adam Pearson. All because of pro wrestling, right? Love it. And then, you know, we're doing the show for nine years, and we've said this a couple times, but this time I think is true and won't be beaten for a while. This is the absolute, hands-down, biggest news story we've ever covered in the history of the Spanish announce table. Yeah. I mean, do you want to start? I mean, mean, you do this better than I do. Like, you present it better than I do. I'll react. And then we'll then we'll continue, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Here, let's see if I even have. Do I even have? I'm going to jump the gun, Tim. I'm going to do it. Okay. So, Tim, the biggest news story mm. in Spanish mm. announce oh, table man. history, oh, the nine year mark. We have it now. Hook has became your FTW champion in under twenty matches. Who would have thought? Who would have thought this meteoric rise from son of a legend to having chips backstage uh, segments with Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs to now taking over the world of pro wrestling and becoming your FTW champion. There was also the news that Vince McMahon has resigned, but hook is your FTW champion. Cannot believe it. It's astounding. And Tim, we will be getting to, well, Hook. I mean, I, I forgot that Vince McMahon retired, but honestly, but I mean, Hook! Yeah. Hook! I cannot believe it. So let's, look, we're going to recap AW Dynamite. Hook! So let's, let's talk about Hook during Hook. that time, right? Okay, so we'll right. get, yes. we'll give it, it, yeah, we'll give it its due uh, reaction. Let's talk about Vince McMahon leaving the WWE. So, whatever. <laughs> Vince McMahon left the WWE. Tim, 
I want to first get your look, look at this. I already got the picture of what's going to happen to him next. He's going to jail. Uh, Tim, I want to get your reaction first, and then I'll share with you uh, what I thought. Once again, Tom was referencing uh, uh, his his shirt, so I say once again because if you're not watching live when we do these shows on Thursdays, uh, normally it's been a little later than this. We're going a little earlier this week, giving that a try. Um, but uh, we we live stream this show Thursday nights. YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, simul streaming. So join us. You can chat with us live. We hope anybody watching live right now will join in and talk to us as we go. But, I mean, this is crazy. This is the biggest news in the history of the Spanish announce table. I know we were tongue-in-cheek. You know, well, I mean, you know, hook, Hook's up there. <laughs> it's Hook! It's Hook! Um, man, okay. So, look, this has been a discussion wrestling-wide, right? When is McMahon going to be out of power? And I think you had the Vince McMahon's going to die, folks, right? And then other people just being like, I mean, he might just be too old, and some at some point they might kind of force him out. I don't know why we'd never discuss this idea because Vince McMahon was clearly this kind of guy, right? So why we never discuss the Vince McMahon goes down in a shame of glory, right? Like a uh, kind of, kind of moment, right? So here he is. He's, we've been talking about a couple of weeks. He gets exposed for, you know, basic sexual assaults, sexual harassments and payoffs for that. But WWE apparently uncovered in their own, uh, in their own investigation that this was money that was not just Vince McMahon's was WWE's money and thus should have been reported as expenses. And they've got to re-release like four to five years worth of company records, which is not cool, right? Like uh, anybody knows anything about stocks and, and, and investors, like not a good thing. So this idea that Vince McMahon retired is false. Vince yes. McMahon is false. Fired. Yes, 100%. And that's the thing. I don't think if you were to list the reasons of why Vince would be forced out of the company, I think everyone would have had this in their top 10, right? Sure. Messed around and got caught doing oh, yeah. stupid if stuff. If we said, right? what are the reasons Vince McMahon might get kicked out? Yeah, sexual harassment yeah, this is, is, is this probably is number one. Yeah, so... That that's not shocking. None of the news has been shocking, like earth shattering, you know, make you lose your faith in humanity kind of news. Right. Uh, I will say, though, you know, one of the things that I've always said that you never mess with is the IRS. The very close cousin of the IRS is the stock market. Yeah. And when you start messing SEC. with people, yeah, is <laughs> when you start messing with people's money, especially being a publicly traded company, like it doesn't matter your stature. They're going to get you. I mean, I always go back to, because I still think it's one of the most fascinating things in American history, that renowned killer mob leader Al Capone went to jail for no murder, no robberies. He went to jail for taxes mm -hmm. from the IRS. And so it's like, that's why, again, you don't mess with government and you don't and essentially the stock market is the government. If we're going to be honest here, but like you don't mess with corporation or government yeah, money. I just, I, the, it, yeah, you're right. None of it was shocking because I expected this to happen when the first news broke of his like cover up, you know, that the Washington journal reported, because I thought this is what sends CEOs away. 
then when seeing like well, McMahon's got all the voting power, he's got, you know what I mean? Like he's coming out basically like grabbing his balls and saying like, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, all right, well, you know, Vince McMahon has protected himself from this kind of nonsense. But then when it started, then it, when it was money to the board and to the filings of, of the stock market and the taxes involved, like, then it was clear, like, Vince McMahon even had to fire himself at that point, right? Because, like, everybody else would have probably walked out to avoid being implicated further, you know? Well, I think you were right at the time of your thought was internally the WWE was not going to do anything to Vince McMahon, right? The the lawyer for WWE is also the lawyer for Vince McMahon. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, (laughs) but it's true, right? (laughs) Yeah. But when the federal government, and like you mentioned, the SEC comes knocking on your door, that's then when you got to tuck your tail and go, hey, guess what? Everything's cool over here. Got to go, got to go. Here's my bags. I'm out of here. Like, it made sense then when the federal government was like, so what's going on over here? And then mm-hmm. then you got to go, wait, wait a minute. Wait, I'm retiring. Oh, yeah. I'm so old. I'm so old. I yeah. Go. So now, I'm, it, it honestly does feel real though this doesn't feel like vince mcmahon's calling the shots from home with without unbeknownst you know what i mean like this feels like they were kind of like actually get out of here you think that's still going on oh one million percent let's not forget the type of kissing stephanie mcmahon and vince mcmahon did on camera okay like this isn't a a, like a platonic or i'm not alleging anything but like this isn't a or i mean traditional family relationship i gotta think nick con and Stephanie and are cutthroat enough to know that like Vince may have that impression, but what's he going to fucking do about it now? Like he's actually so, out and you know, now I mean? over time, I could definitely see that. Right. Mm. We get to WrestleMania 42. I'm just making up numbers here. I could see Stephanie wants to push Dominic Mysterio and Vince is saying, we've still got to keep with, uh, uh, with Roman Reigns. Right. Like, and then, Stephanie can be like, no, what are you going to do? I run the company. I think Nick Khan is covering all bases legally and financially. It says, you're out of here, Vince. You're out of here. But Vince, again, because of the relationship he has with Stephanie McMahon, just look at the picture when they went to the UFC after Money in the Bank. It looked like Stephanie was married to Vince and Triple H was the brother. Like, they have a weird relationship. Yeah. Let's also not forget when 9-11 happened, Stephanie McMahon's first comments were America's going to fight back just like my dad fought the government when they came after him for the steroid trial. Like she is brainwashed dumb. Like she is not normal. She's yeah. not like us. And so, yeah, yeah of course, Vince well, is going to we'll call the know shots. Well, we'll know here because, you know, suddenly Triple H is head of creative. Now, so we'll know, right, if... I even understand, like, if Triple H legitimately, Vincent isn't calling any shots, Triple H is legitimately head of creative, I would expect it to appear a little more like NXT, maybe not full-blown black and gold, but a little more, right, Ooh, than, than mm-hmm, it's been. Okay. If it doesn't head that way in within a year, then I think you're right, right? Because I, I, well, I would get now that, like, hey, we've got booked through, right, uh, you know, Survivor yeah. Series or whatever, like, they're going to play these things out, and these are the deck of cards he has right he's like well i have drew mcintyre and bobby lashley right so i've mm-hmm. got to like do something with them um but, but i think i don't know I, I think so i got a lot of comments about this first when you had mentioned triple h and then the idea of nxt black and gold 
I think there's two thoughts that I have about uh, have about that. One, Raw and SmackDown are different than NXT. They serve different masters than your hardcore NXT crowd, right? Absolutely. There's bigger sponsors. There's numbers that you have to reach. Right. So the show is going to be different, like you mentioned, because of the contracts that you're paying Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. So, hey. Or even the advertisers. Right, yeah. And they're going to want people those advertising people, advertising right? on Fox. Uh, yeah. is different than people advertising on USA, right? Like exactly. things like that. Yes. So I don't necessarily think we're getting black and gold. My second thought about Triple H heading creative, and I do have a thought about uh, about Vince McMahon, so I do want to get back to that. But uh, to close the loop on this Triple H thought, the other thought I have about Triple H running creative and everyone getting so excited is now we're going to find out. So during the black and gold era, a lot of people said, well, Triple H is running the ship, but it's all these indie stars. If you were to look at, you know, NXT 2017, 2016, well, that's just PWG. You guys were just not hip to it, right? You weren't watching Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole and the Young Bucks and Kevin Steen in a gymnasium in San Diego, right? So now we're going to find out. We're going to find out, was it Triple H saying, hey, Let's invest in these great stories that I'm going to tell. Or was it Adam Cole, Keith Lee, uh, Alistair Black, but now Malachi Black, that were the real Johnny Gargano. They can make it themselves. Yeah. Well, now Johnny Gargano, I think, is going back to WWE. But like now we're going to find out because the Adam Coles, Malachi Blacks, and Keith Lee's are over in AEW. So we're going to find out. Was it the chicken or the egg? Right. Like that's the thought there. Real quick before now, you go on go about ahead. Vince, too. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard ever in a major corporation like this of co-CEOs? That feels – that's what kind of made me feel like – I was like, this is made up. Yeah, it's a million percent made up. It's a million percent made up. <laughs> Again, I think Stephanie – Nobody does co-CEOs. You would just make two different titles that are, like, at the same level with the same amount of power, and you would just call one, like – chief executive and chief you know what i mean executive officer in of blah right it would be chief executive officer of this and chief executive officer of this right like yeah i think the the role for nick khan is to tie up the loose ends that stephanie mcmahon just doesn't know how to do i'm not bashing her in any way but wwe is the only thing she knows right we have not seen her go out on her own and run different companies she's there for branding she's there for you know but she's not gonna know right she's not gonna know hey the federal government is looking into sec filings can you get me the back seven years of that she's not gonna know how to complete that task nick khan is because nick khan ran caa he's been doing this stuff for 20 years right and then on the other side of the coin, Nick Khan isn't going to know what the branding of Finn Balor and the Judgment Day should be. So give that to someone else. Well, Stevie McMahon does because she's been doing this her, her whole life. Give that responsibility yeah. to her. It just still feels like like that's the COO. Like that's what that's yeah. what he is. But right <laughs> now, well, but other... it feels like if they didn't give him a CEO title, he was going to bounce because he he's like, work. "Hey, Vince is leaving now. Nobody's." It's and it goes to Stephanie like. I'm never getting that. I right. want to be a CEO. Yeah. I'm going to go fucking ego. be a CEO of the big 12 or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever it is. So the other thought though, that I think people aren't talking about that I can easily see happening is because I do again, I think Vince is still going to call the shots again, not day to day, but I think if he sees be a that Sunday dinner, 
Well, maybe not Sunday. Well, I think if either. he sees that Max Dupree is not working well with the maximum male models, well, we're going to put him out and put someone else in. I could see him saying, Stephanie, you need to put in X person and take him out. This is the thought that I have about that. I think Stephanie's going to stay true to her dad. Now, Triple H might not like that. And here's the story that I think could happen in five years, six years, 10 years. Divorce in WWE, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon have ended their relationship. Triple H is out of WWE because he doesn't hold any CEO title. See ya, kick bricks. Vince is still here. I'm still running shit. I still think that's a possibility. Now, Tim, I want to, I want to, I'm the most mad about this situation with the IWC. And and this is what I want to say. Tim, I want to read some things off to you. I want to see if you, if anything comes to mind here. Yeah, I have some notes here. Just going to list off some movies. Nine year anniversary and Tom's bringing notes. So Django Unchained. Good movie, right? Django Never Unchained. saw it, but I, but you know what I'm talking about. But I know, but it, you yes. know, it, the but I know yeah. and I know it's relevance in pop culture and, and what right. it meant and what its storyline is. Yeah. The King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards. Mm. Scary Movie 4. Halloween from 2017. Okay. You know what all of these no. movies have in common? No. They come from the Weinstein Company. Mm. And those were all fantastic movies that a lot of people love. But you know what we didn't do collectively when Harvey Weinstein got kicked out of his own company? We didn't go, thank you, Harvey. Thank you, Harvey. Because he's a sexual predator that preyed on women and ruined their lives. You yeah. knuckle-dragging, inbred dum-dums. Ruined their lives to the point of Ashley Mazzaro you, like, killing herself. Yes, and so for you dum-dums to clap your hands and say, but WrestleMania 20 was so near and dear to my heart. And do you remember when Hulk Hogan uh, slammed Andre the Giant? You're an idiot. You are what's wrong with pro wrestling culture. You're the reason why we're not taken serious when we tell other people we're pro wrestling fans because you idiots are so self-absorbed and can only think of, well, Vince gave me this. I don't really know those women. So So, let me reassure some folks I've seen that are so cocksure that are like, well, without Vince McMahon, we don't get any of this. Like, yes, Vince McMahon created WWE in the era that he did, and he took it to the heights that it is. He was the head of the company during that time. But to act like nobody else would have seen the ability to use pro wrestling for marketing purposes and television purposes is wrong. Others were trying to do it, and Vince was better at lawyering up and strong arming them via contract law out mm-hmm. of his way. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the people who are all like, yeah, well, pro business, fuck them that way. It's the, And that's fine too. But like to act like we wouldn't have had pro wrestling, we wouldn't have had iconic moments is false. It mm-hmm. would have happened. Would things yep. have looked different? Might things have been, you know what I mean? Different, of course, but it existed before him. It will exist after him. Right. I don't need to thank him for Hogan no. Andre because I have Hogan and Andre to thank for that as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> like and just kind of what you're saying like if if knowing what you said, Tom, right? Like he's a sexual predator who 100%. preyed on women, ruined mm-hmm. their lives 
even mm-hmm. drove some to the point of suicide. Yep. Is a strong thing to say. I understand there's multiple things that lead a person to that decision. Contributing but what factor. he did, but what he did was a contributing factor, right? Now, knowing that he's that and saying, well, but I still am proud about it, that just makes me then think, well, you don't consider what he did to be that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not bad enough to make you forego going, man, really appreciate what you did, right? We've struggled with this thing with the Crispin Wah folks as well. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, mm-hmm. and there's even ways to say it. There's even ways for me to go back and be like, I can watch a Crispin Wah match, appreciate what he did in there, talk about the artistry of it, but I'm not going to be like, shed a tear, let's make sure, let's all moment of silence exactly. in, in glorifying you, yes. Crispin Wah, you can right? Yeah, to, to bring him into this fold, uh, you could say one of Kurt Angle's greatest rivals was Chris Benoit. That is true. You can also say, I'm not going to celebrate Chris Benoit because what he did was horrific. And that is what I'm trying to kind of say about Vince McMahon. Obviously, he didn't kill anyone. But again, he did some very horrible things that ruined people's lives. So two things can be true. He can create amazing pro wrestling moments that will live on forever. And he can also be a vile, despicable human being. And that yeah. doesn't need to be celebrated. That can just be taken on face value that two things are true. And then you just go, what's next? Triple H is in charge. Let's see what that's like. Yeah, That's the part where I get so aggravated. And, and when like, when you try to tell people, because we had an opportunity as a community to say this happened, us as a wrestling community, we aren't going to really be all happy about it and the outside world could have looked at it and goes interesting but for every stereotype that is thrown on the nascar community or that's thrown on the yoga community right like all of these stereotypes of what you think those people are they think about pro wrestling yeah and when you say like we're not that but then given the opportunity you go with stephanie van to say thank you vince you're an idiot it just shows an, an unawareness or a disconcern and i mean yep it's it's despicable. It was the that's in my opinion. Yeah. Having known the information, because again, you could say the Crispin Wall tribute show, but at the time we didn't know the sure. facts of what happened, Absolutely. right? In my opinion, that moment of Stephanie McMahon leading a chant for thank you, Vince, is the lowest moment in pro wrestling history. I cannot think of a more damning indictment of the pro wrestling community than that moment right there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's cause it's, it doesn't even stop there. The man covered up murders. Allegedly. Oh, I, well, I'm just saying the stuff we know, you know what I mean? like, dollars is yeah, I just, I mean, but there's stuff we know he is oh. a despicable human being to others all for a self gain and profit. And honestly, anybody who, if we discuss it on that terms and you acknowledge and you go, yeah, but I still, then like, I just then no longer respect you. Right. And I got to say, man, like how, how did you get to be this way? Right. Cause like, again, I, I can understand how Vince got there. His fucking life growing up was shit was terrible. And then he, 
Well, and then like, he became a yes. Then he be sur- surrounded himself with yes men, and then you become empowered by people just gassing you up right. every time. He right? should have had a lot more therapy than money, but you know. Yeah. And, and again, one thing that I will say as well is, you know, we've talked about this before because recently I've taken a liking to uh, morality and, and philosophy, but like everyone has their different lines. But to me, there's certain lines where it's like if you're not acknowledging that a sexual predator is a bad person then I'm just not okay with you, right? There could be things that if Vince McMahon got caught, for example, tax evasion. Some people are like, hey man, we shouldn't even be paying these stupid taxes. What the hell? I can kind of excuse that and be like, well, you shouldn't have done it, but I get it, right? You're trying to save another $2 million to do a bigger WrestleMania next year, right? But with this, I can't accept, like you said, I can't accept that you're okay with this type of person representing or being in the pro wrestling community. Yeah. It's just, it's insulting. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, yeah, I just, I, I understand the significance of Vince McMahon. It's not lost on me. This is what 50 years where he's had a near stranglehold on the entirety of the pro wrestling industry. Like that's not lost on me. I understand his influence and his, is unmatched, but I just don't want to thank him. You right, exactly. I mean? like, like, I don't want to thank him. Yeah, again, and going back to the analogy I started off with is you can like the movie Inglorious Bastards and not have to write a, a love letter on Twitter about how Harvey Weinstein gave us this miraculous film. It it doesn't, you don't need it. And you don't need to thank Vince for WrestleMania moments. It's yeah. not, two things can be true and you can move on from the situation. And that's a great point because he is akin to a producer, right? Like, and let me mm-hmm. tell you how, like, yes, the producer is responsible because they had the money and then they sat there and they put in their influence on the decisions. Some, if they want, mm-hmm. which yep. he wants at all times, but it's not like Vince was like, I've got this idea for the bloodline and the Usos. Like, let me go find some characters to build it. Let me go find some. To-. He did that a while ago. Right. You know what I mean? 50 years ago. But now he's Harvey Weinstein. Right. Like mm-hmm. now he's tell me your idea. Uh, and then idea comes and he goes, hot damn. And everybody goes, that was an amazing Vince McMahon idea. And it's like, well, we don't know which were Vince right. McMahon ideas or ideas that floated up. Right. I just, you know, I don't want to thank him. I'd rather talk about fun stuff in pro wrestling, uh, yeah. like AW Dynamite. I want to shout out Islam Pride on the Twitch followed us uh, live hey. as we're going along. So thanks for doing that. Feel free to chat with us as we go. Anybody watching on the YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Simulstream, it's a lot to say. I'm gonna find out a better way to you know wrap that up. The socials, so, yeah, the socials. Uh, but you know, people got to know where to find us, Tom. That's true. You got to know where to find us. But you can find us on Wednesday nights live tweeting on at table show. The AEW Dynamite, which that's thanks to you, Tom. You you do a great job of that. You get some good response there. Use hashtag tweet the table. Uh, ooh, I forgot to check hashtag tweet the table. So let's go through Dynamite. As you start going through the card, I'll pull those up and find any that may apply so we can do right. those live here. Uh, and, yeah, AEW Dynamite, fight for the fallen. This is always great, right? You get the Fighter Fest, boom, boom. This year we got it triple time, boom, 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 with a rampage. And then you get the Fighter Fest, uh is it always after? I thought it was before. Am I mistaken? Is it Fighter Fest? I'm not good with dates. Yeah, I don't know. The only reason why I know SummerSlam is in the summer is because it's in the name. Like, I don't know really where <laughs> these things fall. Um, but yes, Fight for the Fallen was last night. Again, we're recording on a Thursday night. If you're joining us live, thank you so much. Uh, but we kicked off with the AEW interim world champion, John Moxley, taking on 
I guess ring of honor talent. Cause they don't really distinguish what the difference is, but we're going to say ring of honor talent. Cause he won at the first ever Tony Khan owned ROH pay-per-view, but we had Roosh. So it was John Moxley taking on Roosh for the AEW interim world championship Two contrasting styles where I think this is where we need to start giving John Moxley a little bit more credit than he kind of gets. Cause when we talk about best in the world, it's always Jay white, Kenny Omega, AJ styles. And if you look at John Moxley's body of work between his matches in WWE with John Cena and AJ styles and Seth Rollins, and then now outside of WWE, when he has really awesome banging matches with Nick Gage and this one with Roosh and then with Chris Jericho and things like that. Like he, in my opinion, is one of the most versatile wrestlers in the world today. And I think he needs a little bit more credit than just being a big name. Who's a focal point of the company, right? Like his in-ring work, even though we're not necessarily in-ring kind of guys, I think needs a little bit more respect, but nonetheless, that this box. was a fun match. John Moxley, yeah. correct. Yes. So what I, did you think of the match? I, I The match was cool, too. I agree with you. I think Moxley's, we'll say in ring, but I'll say like in match performance, because there is a lot of these like outside the ring spots that's kind of like behind us and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still, to me, your in ring performance, right? Um, yes, I, I do think at times it can get repetitive, but I, if you really, once you say that to yourself, you could probably view anybody in that eye, right? Everybody gets their shit in. So I, I yeah. try not to let that hinder me too much. Um, I, I will say for whatever reason, I feel like there is a bit of a change needed out of Moxley at this point. I feel like we've so, gotten the like hunched up shoulders. I'm so crazy. I'm ready to like, if you just sneeze on me, I'm going to bust your nose. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm itching for a little more at this point and maybe that's my ADD, but as far as this match, uh, great. Right. But again, I don't, there's not a whole lot of story here, but sometimes you got to buy time with the champion. Well, and I think we did because then as soon as this match is over, John Moxley wins with the bulldog choke. Uh, as soon as he wins, he has the title over his shoulder. We hear the Jericho Appreciation Society and Chris Jericho's Judas, and he walks out. And it looks to me, and it looks to everyone who's probably watching this, that now we have a feud for the AEW Interim World Championship. Looks like it's going to be Chris Jericho, John Moxley, running it back. Uh, because if you recall in 2020, uh, John Moxley beat Chris Jericho for the championship. Now roles are reversed. Chris Jericho is going after John Moxley's championship, but I think we got a, a storyline here. Are you interested in Chris Jericho, John Moxley too, uh, for the AEW world championship? No, um, <laughs> I, because I feel like, again, with both of these characters, we've seen everything these two guys can do with both of these characters. So I just don't know what I'm going to see that's not going to feel like I've seen it already. So the interesting part for me is that they already have a backstory going into this feud over the championship. Because if you think about it, this is just another extension of the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society, right? Yeah. It's just blood and guts but now singles match and it's for the aw world championship so i like that there's more stakes attached attached to this feud instead of just jericho doesn't like moxley moxley's gonna say jericho i'm gonna kick your ass right now we're actually fighting over something so i think there's gonna be a little bit more meat on the bone as they say for this feud 
I'm interested to see what we see out of John Moxley against Chris Jericho. So he, he cut the feud where he's like, I don't want sports entertainment, Chris Jericho. I want Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Okay, cool. The match is in two weeks. So next week, I imagine we're going to get an advancement in the storyline. What will John Moxley do to further the story? Because when you're chasing the champion, it's easy, right? The, the heel can stomp you down and then you prevail and things like that. But when you're the baby face, what do you do to advance the story? Well, this is going to be interesting. The wrinkle I like is Chris Jericho saying, I'm going to be the only two-time champion. World Moxley's champion. like, no, I'm the two-time. And he's like, hey, interim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, eh, right? So it's almost kind of that Moxley's got to prove himself, mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I mean, by beating who could be the two-time person, right? Yeah, because is John Moxley a two-time AEW world champion? Do 100%. we consider the interim yeah. world title yeah. the same level as the world title? 100%. Yeah, so to because me, I just don't understand why we call it the interim world title. Like, why wouldn't we just say, if you had to give it up due to injury, you get an automatic championship match upon your return? Well, because then you could say he he never lost it, things like that. So I understand it because in the world of combat sports, if you are out due to an injury, <laughs> you don't lose. Like, you can't be, because, again, if we're in the kayfabe world, title matches have monetary value attached to them, right? So, for example, to peek behind the curtain, when you're in the UFC and you're the UFC champion, when you fight on pay-per-view, you get pay-per-view points. So for every X thousand of pay-per-views that are sold, if you're the champion, you get a cut of that. When you're not the champion, go piss up a road. No one cares about you. So they want to keep their championship uh, intact so that when they do return, they're getting a portion of the money that they're generating. That's the real aspect for pro wrestling. Yeah. I, but I, I like that they're grabbing from it because they're already grabbing the rankings and things like that. So it makes sense for AEW. but yeah, I, I do because I just think in my opinion, CM Punk's not the champ, right? But, I agree. I agree. Yes. To me, Moxley is the first two time right. champion, which I think is a good call, right? Fine. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, now we're going to see in two weeks, Chris Jericho versus John Moxley for the interim AEW world championship. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but as we continue this show, we get into AEW dynamite colon the implosion of team Taz. So it kicks off with the FTW championship match, Dan Housen taking on Ricky Starks. First off, Dan Housen's amazing. I love Dan Housen. I love that he said, Richard, I'm fighting you for the cursing belt because it's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Those little details just always make me laugh. I would say, though, with Dan Housen, a little bit more offense. Yeah. Right? Like, to me, if you're going to be an AEW, not to say, like, you need to be having 10-star classics because, again, the champion should be taking out the competitors if they're not on their level. But, like, if you can't even last three minutes, then what the hell are you even doing in AEW? Well, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, even Santino. Yeah. Scrap. Well, even, yeah, even smart Mark Sterling here in a little bit that we'll see, he even had a little bit of a move set. So it's like Dan Housen needs a little bit more offense for me, but I'll get over that. Uh, so it was a quick match. Ricky Starks wins with his spear, which looked awesome. One of the better spears I can oh, remember. We missed discussing 
the vignette that they showed before Ricky oh, Starks which was entrance. so rare. What was that? <laughs> what was that vignette? I loved I it, though. I loved every bit of that. It was the funnest thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, I think this, this night was also, as we discussed, it was the implosion of Team Taz, but it was also the turn Ricky Starks face night. And so I think yes. that just added into it because people are behind his – his conceit, if you will, his overdone conceit, and so they're just rolling with it at this point, and I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it was, all of it. The, yeah. That video package was so random. I liked it, but it didn't really go anywhere. But it was fun. Uh, and then, yeah, Ricky Starks beats uh, Danhausen. Did you see and there was a goes, Stark Week sign? In oh, the crowd. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yes. of course there is. You have to keep that. Yes. But then Ricky Starks uh gets on the mic. He goes, you know what? Still feeling good. And I'm I'm not gonna pull the rug under your feet. I actually am gonna challenge another person for the FTW championships. So whoever it is, get your ass out here. And holy shit, Tim, like we kicked off the show, the biggest story in Spanish announced table history. Hook comes down to the ring and just wears ricky starks like a hat all over the ring just takes him here takes him there what you gonna do and then ends it with the red rum and gets ricky starks to tap out now your ftw champion is hook and so before we get into the ricky stark stuff what do you think as hook of the being the ftw champion uh, love it right because this is again it's a title but it's not right like we can do what this we want a- with this thing Right? Yeah, and this is the title that fits the most with the Hook character. I know I'm the shit. I'm not going to play your games. I don't even need your title. Here's the title that says I'm the shit. So screw you. Like, this is the FTW champion. This is the embodiment. I mean, I know it's Taz's son, yeah. so it's kind of hand in glove kind of fit. But, like, this is who should be the FTW oh, champion. Oh, but it's so great. Yeah, exactly, because that is his whole demeanor, right? Yeah, it's the I'm in a different way than Taz. Taz had an oh. FTW demeanor, yeah, but in a different way than Hook, and it's great. Yeah, Taz's demeanor in ECW was disgruntled. If you're not going to give it the to world, me, I'll we're give it to myself. Right? Yeah, I'm going to do this my own. Here's my belt that shows I'm going to burn this place to the ground. Right? Hooks is you want me to do a battle yeah. royal? I'm not doing that shit. Do you world, know who I am? Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fuck exactly. the world or it's fuck the world. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like it's two different, yeah. but it's great. It's two it's different great. vibes, yeah. but it's the same thing, right? It's yeah. two different vibes, but it's the same thing. So now the title that his dad created is now being worn by the sun. Hook is your FTW champion. And again, uh, Ricky Starks had some cool moments afterwards, but I want to know right off the jump, what are you doing? Give me the story, the first story for Hook as FTW champion. What are you doing? Man. I feel like hook. So we need a heel. Who's not doing much, right? Mm -hmm. Instantly comes to mind. I feel like the way AEW goes is like, they throw a Matt Hardy at him, even though Matt Hardy was face last time we saw him. Scorpio sky or a Scorpio sky. I feel like there's a dark order story waiting to happen in there, right? Like where they're trying to almost, you know what I mean? Like, cause you can still have this kind of comedy where hook just is like fucking be gone. Right. Like right. I ain't mm-hmm. got time for this. Right. So yeah. I feel like you could run through a couple scrubs. I feel like the Danhausen thing 
has to play around. Maybe Dan Housen gets jealous. Yeah. Maybe this Dan is where we get Dan Housen a little more serious. Yeah. Maybe he works harder on the curse and we get a curse that, right, that maybe works. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is where we can implement a little bit more, uh, like find some sort of like chink in the armor that is Hook, right? Maybe Dan yeah. Housen does find a curse that works, but it's a slight little problem that sticks with Hook. He steals perpetuity. his chips. He steals, <laughs> he steals his, his chips, chips when he gets to the arena. Ooh. And then Hook's like, what the fuck? What? Here's what he my, did. I can't curse meal? Hook. It doesn't work, but he can curse the chips Ooh. that Hook eats. I don't know. Guys, potato chips. I'm telling you. Guys, <laughs> best chip in the country. <laughs> so what I what I would do, because I was thinking about this, Scorpio is... Scorpio Sky's a great... Great Scorpio Sky is a good first one, yeah. right? But I think the story where we kind of dig into who Hook is, I think we do for first four or five matches, first title defenses is just filler, right? It right. is Scorpio Sky. It's um uh, you can even get Ethan Page on it. Get both of them, right? Yeah, you, you get, get Tony Nice, you get um hell, even just do a face-face thing and have it swerve strickling because he's a tag champ, so he doesn't yep. really need it, right? Something like that. But then when Ricky Starks, and we'll get to this in a second, when Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs finishes their thing, because post-match what we saw is Ricky Starks do the fist bump, Hook accepts the fist bump, and so acknowledges, like, you're cool, and then leaves, right? And then again, Ricky Starks cuts this amazing babyface promo, Powerhouse Hobbs damn near decapitates him. So what I would Promo do, was great, right? Promo was great, and the... The clothesline was great. The, like, the, whole the thing crowd was, was awesome. even into the promo when he's like, it's my goddamn time right now or whatever yeah, he said, is. right? Like, yeah, it was great. It is. And so what I would do is, spoiler, I would have Powerhouse Hobbs go over in this and then you move Ricky Starks over to something else. But then when Powerhouse Hobbs go- goes over, he goes, you know who also I have a problem with? Taz's son. And then it's Hook, Powerhouse Hobbs with Taz going like, powerhouse i taught you everything you know but i didn't teach you everything i know but i did teach hook and then you get hook and powerhouse hobbs or or hear me out taz sides with hobbs because no that was my title right i know i i didn't want you you didn't ask me this you don't you know what i mean you're not team taz you left you know what i mean like you went to go hang around with this dork right dan housen right? Mm-hmm. uh and i would like you know that I mean? and hobbs i think you know what i mean i as far as as improved as hobbs has been and 100%. as great as as he is and, and i like him a lot like and, I, and he could prove me wrong as he goes out on his own i think having a taz would add an extra element to the character that would be helpful definitely and one thing that i did like uh, uh of this match when it was kind of announced impromptu is Taz didn't pull any punches. The first thing that he says is Ricky, you made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like he was like, damn it, Ricky. But it wasn't as if it was like, well, now we're just going to kill Ricky. Ricky's a piece of shit. Taz to his credit, kept his integrity and didn't flip flop either way. He just was like, well, it's my boy and it's my friend. Yeah. I'm going to go with my, my, my boy, but my friend's still my friend. right? Right. He didn't like shit him like shit on him the entire time yeah, he was he was like bewildered by hobbs doing what he did he was like what'd you do like why did you yeah. do this right and so now we see the like team taz in my opinion is done because right. what is it now so 
where do you put Taz in this? Do you keep him on commentary and just let everything smooth over? Or do you have him get involved with like some yeah, segments? Thing, what do you do? Right. So yeah, I think he's on commentary to stay, right? I so hope so. If if that could if getting him involved could potentially harm that, I don't think they'll do it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, do, I think you could mix the both of them for a short period of time for a storyline. And I honestly, I would go the route of, of Taz, you know what I mean? Maybe jealous of Hook, right? Like, hey, people didn't like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, people hated me. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Mm-hmm. I was a powerhouse. You're not a powerhouse. You flip around. You got some moves. Everything I taught you, by the way. Right, and now you're walking around with my title like it's like you're me, right? Yeah, I like That's that. Where I, would I tell you what, this match was cool. Hook has some inc- incredible counters with his flips in the yeah, absolutely. And yeah, he's great. That. That's is so much fun. I like that. That was really cool. And Ricky Starks, to his credit, made him look like a million dollars. Sold for him at every turn he could. So I thought it was a cool moment all around. Uh, and then, yeah, as mentioned, Ricky Starks cuts the promo. Uh, powerhouse Hobbs turns on him. One other thing I wanted to note is, did you did you see how crazy the crowd went when Hook won the championship? Mm-hmm. Deser- deservingly so, but that crowd acted as if it was Hangman Page regaining the AEW World Championship. I mean, they were unglued when Hook won the FTW Championship. So credit to him. Now, a- another quick side quest here that i'm curious to get your opinion on now we kind of have two of the same characters and what do we do so we have now hook your ftw champion which again hook isn't the same as this next character but we got hook with his belt and uh, full steam ahead going but we don't really know where and you got your tnt champion wardlow full steam ahead let's go but he doesn't really have direction this is kind of where you're like, okay, well, cool. Then what are we going to do? A third person? Like then Swerve Strickland, and he gets a title and goes full steam ahead. Yeah, like- honestly, both those titles feel the exact same at the moment. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, they both exist, but they're they're on a similar storyline, right? Like here's somebody who's been unstoppable. Exactly. Yeah. And know. again, different character, right? Yeah. They're not the same character, oh, but the same story, right? Where right. no one can touch this guy. He's amazing. Okay, well... Tell me something different. Now, speaking of titles, after this match, it was announced we're getting more titles. The trios championship will be uh, crowned at all out. What do you think about the trios championship? Are you a fan? Do you like it? Do you hate it? What's your opinion? I don't hate the idea of a trios championship. I just don't know. I can, we've kind of discussed like, the tag team division felt like it got ran through for a while without a whole lot of now. We were just kind of like, what is the tag team division at this point? So now the trios is like, okay, right? Now we're just going to add more people into the mix. Are we going to have established trios teams? Is this always going to be a tag team and a guy or three random guys that we have nothing to do with? I get the point of more titles helps. And this is a way to make it feel like another division. So it's not mm-hmm. just – the FTW title and the TNA title, right? Or whatever. Yeah. TNT title. Sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> TNA title. Um, Jeff Jarrett's back to rain. Um, it just, you know, hey, I, matches will be interesting, right? Matches are mm-hmm. going to be a lot of 
back and forth and fun, and it'll fit AEW and some of their wrestler style as well. So as long as the stories told are good, then great, right? We'll have another title match on the card to discuss, and usually you can work around some some storyline around a title if there's not much else. So probably fine with it, if I had to say. You know, I'm probably fine with it. I'm fine with it, but there needs to be some work done. So my fear is that this just becomes the de facto uh death triangle title right where it's like well we don't know what to do give it to death triangle and then they take on a makeshift three-man tag team and then they get the titles but then what do we do we'll give it back to death triangle like i don't want that to happen the other thing that i think is important especially kenny omega well we'll talk about the young bucks Mm. here in a second um the other thing though that i think they need to work on and this isn't necessarily necessarily their fault but if you're a casual viewer now the water is even more muddy because you still see that there's this ring of honor television champion. And then there's these ring of honor tag team champions. And then there's this ring of honor. So like, I think ring of honor needs to establish itself as its own entity. And then it will make the AW viewer a little bit more clear as like, Oh, okay. So that's this person. This is that person. And I understand because when you got two tag champions, ROH, and then uh, AEW, mm-hmm. like, well, who's better? Titles, right? Don't they also? Yeah, oh, yeah, they have a trios title as well. So I, I think to help the trios belts, you need to get Ring of Honor separated out of AEW. And what I really mean by that is like distinctively, like I mentioned when we kicked this off, is Roosh a, an a ROH wrestler? Is he an AEW wrestler? Why do they get to both just jump around? I need well, some contracts. So me, of, like, you know, I was fine clarity. with guys like Roosh and, and everything for a while because it felt like AEW was trying to be, they tried to live and die by this forbidden door kind of thing, right? And it was, it was the biggest grand stage for the indies is kind of how that felt, right? Like, we mm-hmm. have this thing mm-hmm. going on, but like, we'll bring the, the, the biggest stars from the indies to come on here and show their stuff ring of honor was included in that still is in my mind but like if we had to pick who's who's one through five on the indies it's ring of honor and then every other company six through who you know what i mean whatever so and now that he owns it being tony khan now it's not necessarily an indie anymore to me right and so it's going to become its own third thing and that's fine it it feels like an nxt to me to some extent, like, cause you can and bet if somebody's taking ring of honor by storm and they're on pop TV and they're going to wind up an AEW wrestler soon. Right? Like that's how it's going to work. Right. And that's totally fine. I just need some distinction because yes. if there's no distinction, well, if you're a tag team, why would you go after the ROH championships over the AEW championships? Like, why would you challenge those for those titles? If AEW is the established brand, you know what I mean? So like, there's no, there's no clear motives if everything's the same, right? Kind of like what I said last week, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. If you have two championships, you have none because what's the difference between Claudio as your ROH champion and John Moxley as your AEW world champion? Like why fight both of them? You win. ROH death before dishonor happened between last year. And that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun show. Uh, There was a lot of, I was going through a ton of travel issues, so I didn't necessarily get to watch that, but I did catch some highlights. Look like it was fun. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, you seem like you stink. 
let's move on. Dante Martin <laughs> took on Sammy. Well, hold on. Let's get to this first. Jungle Boys promo. No, no, no. Oh. no. Let's go chronological. I'm sorry. Dante Martin took on Sammy Guevara. What did you think of Dante Martin, Sammy Guevara? Which I had to block someone yeah, on Twitter, Tim. Saw that. Yeah, saw that. Because some jackass tried to tell me to fuck off, and you ain't doing that. Uh, Dante Martin had yeah. Sky Blue in his corner, which if you're plugged in to the IWC, you know that they're dating in real life. It makes sense why he would have her, Sammy Guevara would have Tay Conti. But if you're a casual viewer, why are Sky Blue and Dante Martin friends? Why? We understand that from Ruby Soho and Eddie Kingston because we've been told it. You guys just showing yeah, up to and me. Now it's you're just better friends? done, and I, I mean, like, I, I know the person who had to block of like initially. I mean, had somewhat. You know, they were like, "Well, hey, he said I'm bringing my friend too," but I'm like, "Well, if you're gonna go through that time, then just have them backstage and be like, hey, listen, you want to help me with this?'" They'll be like, "They did what to you?" Be like, "Fuck yeah, I'm down." You know, I'm down. You know what I mean? Like, let's go yeah. fucking kick some ass. And you go, "Yeah, yeah," because then it also makes Sky Blue look cool, as opposed right. to just being like, "Here's my friend." It could have been anybody and they're and not gonna say a fucking point. thing like, right just, that was yeah. my point is yes he did say i'm gonna have my friend watch my back but wh- why are you friends do you right. play dungeons and dragons do you do you trampoline at night like what right. the fuck is your connection you know what i'm saying so like make it it's make really sense like rock that's climbing all or some shit like what are you- yeah exactly so Again, that's where AEW has a blind spot. Just explain the details. We that's all we need. Just some details. But it's not a hill I was gonna die on when that guy got all butt hurt and eh, go kick rocks. He's a lot of caps. Oh, because he's an idiot. <laughs> Probably kissing his cousin right now. Um, so what did you caps. think of the match of Dante Martin versus Sammy Guevara? Fine. It's not our style of wrestling, right? We've discussed this. It's just it's it, it was a lot of, you know. I'm throwing you to the ropes and then I'm jumping over you and you're ducking down and I'm going to flip mm. around and then I'm, I'm actually going to connect and that's fine. It's very athletic. I get it. It's just, it's full of the things where I'm like, man, like, mm-hmm. cause a thing that I struggle with being a pro wrestling fan is anytime other people try to watch it that aren't pro wrestling fans, they're like, really? Like he fucking, why would like, he, why wait? did he do that? Right? Like, why yeah. did he stand? Why did he duck down? And you're like, yeah you know what i mean like and yes you can say that about a lot of media but it would be mm-hmm. nice if i didn't have to fucking explain that <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah I mean? it would be like, nice if i didn't fucking... have to right there's and a I certain just... degree of like okay but like Hear also come out. on you can do all the flips you can do all the flips and shit you can got you guys can go at a breakneck speed that nobody can but it's those things you don't have to do it involving the i'm gonna wait because you've got to climb up to the rope and I stood up too early. Like I just, you know what I mean? Like I either your timing's got to get way the fuck better at what mm-hmm. you're attempting to do. Cause you're attempting to do it. I didn't mm-hmm. go out there and tell you to do all these, but like you can't stand up too fast, right? Like I put that on you. You got to be watching on the corner of your eye for when the guy's actually getting up to the top rope, those kind of things. And that's on you, right? Like, exactly. or, you know what I mean? Like, find a different way to make these spots. And, I, I mean, look, I don't, easier said than done. I'm not the performer. But it just yeah. this is why it turns me off if anybody wants any actual feedback on it. There you go. So, post-match, uh, Tay Conti and then Anna Jay, who looks to have left the Dark Order, which is the saddest thing this week in pro wrestling. 
Anna J 99 has left the dark order breaks my heart, but Anna J and Tay Conti beat up sky blue, which then brings out Ruby Soho. And in my opinion, the biggest missed opportunity of the week, Ruby Soho Ortiz and Eddie Kingston run out. Mm. So you're going to have Eddie Kingston close out last week's show standing high, sitting high with Jericho trapped in barbed wire. And then this week, he's just going to run down. We don't hear from him. We don't nothing. We just don't want to follow up with the greatest pro wrestler in the history of pro wrestling, Eddie Kingston. He's the greatest. Yeah, that felt like a throwaway segment. And yes, I mean, look, fine. I'm fine with Anna Jay leaving the Dark Order because, again, she wasn't like some pivotal pivotal part but she was what made order, right she was she was the hot girl with the nerds like you need yeah. the hot girl with the nerds well, to we're gonna get more passable more into that uh, with the dark order as we come later but yeah i just kind of I, I it's fallen flat on me the whole sammy guevara take Conti thing the whole jericho appreciation society having them as members thing is all yeah. falling a little flat for me I do like that Anna J turned heel, right? Like yeah, I don't hate that, that I there's a new wrinkle in Anna. Yeah, J's I like her promo. I, it felt yeah, like she was like, I, "Hey, bitch, look at me!" Yeah, like, I'll, I'll choke you out. Like I'm gonna you fucking, yeah. you know, I'll choke all yeah. you out of there. Okay, easy. Yeah. Talking I love that even like I mean she like didn't give a shit about her friend Take Conti but she's like the fucking sexiest you know what I mean like <laughs> you can kind of see Take Conti was like fuck yeah that. yeah Jen, I am right yeah. like what the who fuck? you think you are I am right um, yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, I was just sad because, again, for the Dark Order to be fun, lovable losers, they have to have something. Yeah, we haven't tried to even tell that story in a while. I mean, we could get there again pretty easily, you know, with or without her. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. The problem is I feel like at this point, if you're going to do anything with Anna Jay, the Dark Order would, unless you're going to focus in on the Dark Order and her aspect of being a part of it, it's going to hurt her more than it's going to help her. So it's time to kind of. Yes, but I am excited to see what that looks like. I'm excited for a backstage promo where John Silver runs into Anna Jay and is like, huh? That's the one dating in real life behind the curtain, Jungle Boy, right? Jungle Boy's dating Anna Jay, yes. Yep. Which, speaking of Jungle Boy, let's move on to the Mm. next segment. Jungle Boy walks out with Luchasaurus, and he doesn't wait for nothing. He grabs that microphone and calls Christian a pussy. Yeah. (laughs) says i get now why you need that money because your wife left yes (laughs) well he said because your wife left your bitch ass and then he does the call me right so great jungle boy out here jungle boy yes Um, uh well and then he said like he had a short dick and then he was like what do you think happened to the wife (laughs) so great It was on fire. Yeah, I love this, this yeah. jungle boy. I, I kind of, yeah. to me, I was chuckling the whole time. I was like, I know Christian fed him these lines, but this is fucking great, right? Like, yeah. this is good stuff. So, uh, what'd you think of the stuff. promo? He did get interrupted by Christian, which mm-hmm. we can get to. But what'd you think of Jungle Boy spitting these? I love it. Bars I think it's before. helping build. Again, we've again, a Christian has elevated Jungle Boy to a level that he hasn't been before, and Jungle Boy didn't. When he stepped up to that plate for his first promo, fucking hit it out the park, right? Like, yes, great. Whether it was written by Christian or not or whatever, right? Like, right. he nailed the spot. Timing was good. It was all believable. This jung- Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I'm still not buying the Luchasaurus. He's still in black. That's the part. He's still in black. He's still dressed in his crazy mean gear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like in theater. 
in theater when uh, a gun's on stage it means someone's got to shoot it like if you're still in your same gimmick your same get up you're still the same person right like yeah i don't know but another thing i wanted your opinion on is so again aw we've talked at nauseum of their just high school level of tv production however what did you think of the shot with christian standing backstage within the tv next to him showing jungle boy and luchasaurus that was very interesting didn't you think that was different than what we normally get right we normally get like the guys in the crowd and the crowd watching the big screen while the person is is thing yeah that was interesting um that was different i like christian being like when he said about he was like you know you're bitching about you know what i said about your dad dead or he's like but you all you can do is dig dirt and then you can lay in next to him or something right and he was like god damn he was like i'm gonna kill you man (laughs) yeah oh so good loved it so yeah we're excited to see what happens next but we go backstage after this and brandon Mm. cutler is informing the young bucks of the newly announced trios championship which hey look we understand pro wrestling can be a hectic place but aren't you the executive vice presidents wouldn't you Mm. have to sign off on something like that or get the approval Mm. i don't know but uh matt and nick are uh, talking about it and then who do they run into birthday boy hangman adam page and they have this moment where it's kind of like two exes wanting to get back together but wanting the other person to make the first move and before either one can make the first move the dorks come in and ruin the moment dark order comes up and they want to celebrate with the friend hangman and they're so happy and then the young bucks true to who they are get kicked to the curb because they're nerds and they have to then walk by and Brandon Cutler's like, man, that sucked. And then the young Mark's going to be like, Hey, man, shut Fuck up. Off. Um, yeah. We understand this feeling. It happened in high school all the time. This segment was masterful. Everybody did an amazing part. All right. So we've got the young bucks coming up. And Brandon Cutler is doing the hit, and they're like, shut up, fucking turn it off, right? Which is not what they've wanted before, right? Like, they wanted mm-hmm. to fuck turn the cameras on right now. It's like, fuck off. They're depressed. We can see that. And he's like, hey, Trio's championship. Like, I've been training. And they immediately are like, no, nah, no fucking no. You're not a problem. Like, like, turn the camera off. Shut up. Like, almost laughing at him, right? And then the, like, literal bumping into Hangman. Like, they time that where they're like, oh, what? Hey. And, and then they're both. They are both, like that longing bromance sexual tension right and they are just like well hey hey oh like happy birthday and he's like yeah, yours is yours t- tomorrow right like he didn't fucking know right and they're like yeah, yeah 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 you know not a big deal right like all of that so great and then the dark order coming in right like the like the current cheesy husband or whatever it is right and they're like all over the place and it was like jesus christ and and then they're kind of like oh wait hey hey Hey, what the fuck's going on? We got a problem here, right? Like, and they're like, nah, man, just never mind, right? Like, fucking out of here. And then, yes, what you alluded to, like, Brandon Cutler's kind of like, well, that was awkward. And they're like, fuck off. But right when they start to do that, before Brandon Cutler says that, if you catch Hangman, looks back. Gives him a look back. And then, you know, the Dark Order draws attention. Fucking amazing. Perfectly well done. And then to follow up on this, it was announced that next week, the Super Elite are back. And so we get Adam Cole, Red Wagon, and the Young Bucks 
what will become of this segment and that segment will adam cole bring up like who are you talking to the cowboy you want me to wear a cowboy hat like what are you talking oh, to him so cute for? it was like a like he can even call it out right like oh it's like yeah. a fucking rom-com yeah. out here exactly i'm the better adam as it is you have the best adam in this group what do you need him for right he could go back to doing that uh so i'm interested in that this is again aw to their credit can tell amazing stories when the people that kind of call the shots are involved right the young bucks have great stories because they kind of call the shots and so like i don't know if anyone else could have had the the details and the long form storytelling that they do but I'm interested in this. What happens next? So what I'm most interested in is because I feel like the writing's on the wall, right? You, kind of what you said, right? We're going to get the Young Bucks and Adam Page right again, even if for a short period of time and then maybe Kenny Omega steps in and there's another screw job or something, right? But we're going to get that rights again. But what of the remaining dwindling Dark Order? Oh, I know. Aren't their feelings going to be hurt? Aren't their yes. hearts going to be broken yet again, yet again, mm-hmm. yet again, yet again? Try to be a good guy. Try to be a good friend. Try to be loving. And everybody breaks our hearts. What does the Dark Order do? This is where the rubber meets the road, as they say. This is where I want, if I was to book it, obviously Evil Uno is the de facto uh and he genius was to begin he right. was to he was to begin it was him leading and then when Brody lee was signed they started this like the exalted one right but this started with evil uno being right. the one to lead this yes group. and so he's the de facto kind of leader right and so what i would do is have him be like okay guys we need to like confer here we need to we can do the right thing because again they're still well-intentioned and this is where i think you get 10 finally stepping out and going like this is bullshit i hate this you guys have done nothing for my career i'm out of here Another i would fucking have number impressing vance god damn it yeah and i would have him be like you're you're either with you know uh run with it or run from it motherfuckers but i'm out here doing my thing like i would have him in that kind of a mode and then we see where we can go, see what the audience reaction is. If they're like, yeah, okay, then let's have them join. And now 10 is leading. They can have another civil war thing. 10 becomes a de facto leader. But if they're like, well, fuck that guy, then make him a heel. He can then run off on his own. But I think we, and here's the other fun thing, because of the tentacles in ring of honor and all of these talents that are kind of bumping into both promotions, I wouldn't hate turn them heel, get the recruitment back going, right? But like the real recruitment, have John Silver and Reynolds going out and be like, okay, we're tired of this shit. We're getting real fucking people in this group. Anna Jay, she's a hoe, fuck her. Like Colt Cabana, he's an old shit, fuck him. And then like, we're going after the right people. And you have them going to Dante Martin, going to Lee Moriarty, like almost the polar opposite of blackpool combat club where blackpool combat club is this elite group and you have to fight sure to get in violent yeah dark order is like no we just want people that like want to scorch the earth and like mm-hmm. i do then you're in yeah. come on let's go and then that i would have them do that like let's replenish the dark order if we're going to keep it going yeah i agree yeah I'm down I for like that it. all right then we get a two-on-one match back in the ring here swerve strickland taking on smart Mark Sterling and Tony Nice, 
and this was fine again mark yeah. sterling's fun i, I think <laughs> everything so he does is really fun he's great. swerve strickland look there's a lot of cool guys in aw hangman adam page eddie kingston but like the guy that i would be intimidated to just say hi to because he's so fucking cool is swerve strickland like he's just cool yeah, he's a cool guy in the room yeah like Fuck, I feel intimidated. Right. Just, you know, what even when he does a little dance to his music, I'm like, you're cool. Well, than me. and Keith Lee is a super cool guy too, but he feels like he's only the coolest guy that could hang out with Swerve Strickland in the room. You know what I mean? Right. Like to yeah. because that's how cool Swerve Strickland is. Yeah. And so Swerve Strickland wins this match, but that's not the story here. The story is after Swerve Strickland uh gets the victory, he gets attacked. And he gets attacked. By oh, I just wrote it down. Yeah, I don't oh, know what um, the fuck this guy's name is. Well, so backstage, Ring of Honor's Josh Woods attacks Keith Lee. But then where is it? I just wrote it down. Uh, I mean, that's what happened. Josh Woods attacked Keith Lee, and then Tony. But Nese who attacks? Came from oh, it was just, yeah, it was just it was Tony Nese. Nese. I, right. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I thought it was someone. Never. No, that's why I didn't write it down. It was the other so creator Tony wrestler. Nese... Creator wrestler three. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I don't know who Josh Woods is. I don't know. But this is, if this is going to be their first feud, I hope that the That's second one is like, going to be like something. We're going to do a trios, but the tag team titles are Swerve in Our Glory versus Tony Nese and Guy I haven't heard of. Right. Yeah. This could have been someone we're at least familiar with. Lee Moriarty. Like someone a little bit more familiar yeah. than. This could have been Pride of Party. Honor. Well, and that's the other thing where I'm talking about where I get confused. Ring of Honor's Josh Woods is going to team up with AEW's Tony Meese, but they're not going after the Ring of Honor championships. They're going to go after the AEW champion. Like, this is when it's just too much stuff. Like, I don't, I need some distinction. Uh, and I think this is a miss for another reason. There's other tactics. You know who would be perfect for Swerve in Our Glory's first title defense? Again, I don't know their fucking name because we were told it was stupid. But 2.0, I don't know again what their name yeah. is. Matt Menard and Antonio something. Yeah, but I don't know what their tag team name is. But like, oh yeah, I don't think they you... have a tag team name, and that's a shame. God, yeah, more but of those 2. guys. 2.0, yeah, but 2.0 versus Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. I mean, come on, right? Like that's the money, but we don't get it. So we'll see how this unfolds. Again, I hope this is filler to where then the next thing is the thing that we get excited about with Swerve and uh, Keith Lee. After that, we get a pre-tape promo, which I know you were interested in. Malachi Black is trying to sell Miro on joining the House of Black. And then we get Brody King telling Darby Allen, this isn't over until I bury you. Just like the tattoo on your chest, you're dead <laughs> and they're going to do a coffin match. So tell me what your thoughts are on Malachi black, trying to recruit Miro and then Brody like King it. and Dab Darby Allen. I like this uh, house of black Miro thing that we're doing, right? I love the ambiguity of it. I love that. We don't quite know what's happening here. Um, I don't think we're going to see like some lengthy thing where Miro is in the house of black, right? Like I think this is in Miro's odyssey, if you will, against God, um, you know, this is a step in it. We're like, all uh, when we got Daniel Bryan and the Wyatt family, you know, for like a well, you know who I was thinking was. of? 
you know who I was thinking of? Mm. If they want to mirror it again, don't do it step for step. But when Randy Orton was with the Wyatt family, remember Randy Orton was tag team champ. They were for a while. And Luke Harper was like, I don't trust that motherfucker. Like do something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a fun angle to go with Miro and the house of black. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the Brody King thing. I mean, again, like, yeah, we've been, we've been getting a little more substance out of this Brody King character. And I kind of like, it's just a serial killer mentality. Right. He's like, why am I doing this? Because I can, and it's not going to stop until you're dead. So look forward to that. And the other thing I like about that, the other thing I like about that is like Malachi Black is still your leader of the House of Black, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's not as if Malachi Black is instructing Brody King to do these things. It, It feels that Brody King can stand on his own, which is a very refreshing thing in a group because again, another pro wrestling trope is that one guy calls the shots and like in Jericho, right? Jericho tells him, you go here, you go there, you go there. And in this, it feels like, Hey, I'm the knowledge tree here. I'm the one who guides this ship. I am Malachi black, but Brody King, I understand you don't like Darby Allen. Kill him. Go ahead. Have fun. (laughs) Say you want to kill him. I'm not stopping you. (laughs) Yeah. Go right ahead. So yeah, I'm interested in that. That that's again uh, another fun story that AEW's telling. So let's move on back into the ring. Uh right before the main event, Tim. I'm gonna give you a guess of what happened. The ladies. It's the ladies. AEW women's world championship match, Thunder Rosa versus Miyu Yamashata. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um yep. She, me, me you beat Thunder me? Rosa. You? Yeah, me you. Yeah, me, you beat Thunder Rosa in Japan. Mm. So then that earned her a shot in America for the actual AEW World Championship. But Thunder Rosa gets the victory here. I will say to their credit, this was hard hitting. This played to the strengths of what Thunder Rosa is as a champion and what kind of got her over when she was doing the Britt Baker stuff is like, she's going to fight you like her life depends on it. And I like that. More of that, I would honestly, as you mentioned with Powerhouse Hobbs, like Powerhouse Hobbs could do his own thing. Thunder Rosa could benefit from someone, excuse me, someone in her corner speaking on her behalf. Because when she does the, uh, uh, I forget the, the the Spanish term, but when she calls herself the best, you know? Yeah. She says, Mia Mia or Lara Lara. I forget what it is. I don't speak that language. I apologize. But I think... We're the she Spanish be. table. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are. Yeah. <laughs> nine years. Oh, no, no, yeah. Nine, nine years. years. We can't even, we can't even yeah. remember from a couple days ago. Yesterday, no. what, what she said. What she said. What it wasn't even say? 24 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on a T-shirt, too. I know that. Oh, my God. Anyhow. Yeah, I just, yeah, with Thunder Rosa, I'm just, yeah. But I mean, she she has the look. She can yeah. cut a promo, but she has no direction. I feel or like, like AEW has done bad with this. In that, like, I I can only think of maybe Jericho did this well, Kenny Omega did this well, and Britt Baker did this well of being the champion and telling good stories. Kenny and Omega? Did you say Kenny Omega? Yeah, Kenny Omega. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Kenny Omega, Jericho. And Britt Baker, I feel like, are the ones that I remember the most as being the champion and telling stories mm-hmm. with that title. 
Um, yep, FTR, I maybe, I, I could throw in there. Um, you know, doing tag team title things now with the other tag team titles, right? Like, I don't, you know, but that's kind of yeah. it. Yeah. I just need some. They tried with Serena Deeb. I really felt like they tried, but they just took the wrong angle. It should have been, we're the two best technical wrestlers in this promotion. And again, I don't want to see beat the clock matches, but things no. like that. But it should have been like, that. It should have been Thunder Rosa. You keep getting this, like you, you like everybody loved you because they thought you were like the, the ass kicker, the one who can really lay boots to people and the one who will get dirty, be like, you haven't beat the final boss. You may be holding that gold, but that's me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's me. And you're not going to beat me, so let's do this. And then she does beat her, right? Yeah. Now, I know next week we're going to do Thunderstorm versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. I do think some faction warfare that's worked so well for the men could help the women's division. If And again, I know Jade Cargill is your TBS champion, and she's undefeated, so it's kind of hard to like... Get a, but get a like baddie have or her two. faction. Right, get an extra baddie. Maybe you get Britt Baker having, you know, I know, uh, you know, Rebel Not Reba or whatever is, yeah. uh, is hurt. So maybe you get a couple people, a couple lackeys for Britt Baker. Those kind of things. Right? Get get more than just two. Let's get some threes and fours. I would, you know, what there. I would do with the the motivation or or the story with Thunder Rosa. I would have her be the last. I'm going to say cowboy, but the last cowgirl, but like the last cowboy in the saloon, right? She stands up. She was playing cards. She slams them to the ground in comes in or in comes Britt Baker's faction in comes Jay Cargill's faction. They're hitting her from side to side. She's, you know, jumping over tables and all that. And as the dust settles, she's the one walking out of the bar with the championship. Like that's how I would tell her story. So, okay. So she's got like a taco vlog. You have it at a taco place. They do all that. And as she's walking out, dusting herself off, she just takes a bite of that taco. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But I think that's the story. Like all these factions are going for the number one, but they can't prevail because she's the last. She's the number one. She's yeah. She's the, whatever she calls herself. God dang it. I can't. Believe I forgot what that's called. Anyhow, let's get to the main event. It was Danielson's comeback match, and probably the second most surprising thing of the week behind Hook becoming your FTW champion. Daniel Garcia beats Brian Danielson. Not shocking to me in that, like, I think we know who Brian Danielson is, right? Like, it feels like Brian oh, Danielson would fight to do this, right? Uh, yeah. When we're peeking behind the curtain, but. I honestly wouldn't have expected it out of the Daniel Garcia character just yet. I mean, I know we've been telling that like ruthless shooter type. Um, and, and yes, we've seen a little here and there, and I know people have sung the praises of Daniel Garcia and man, maybe I'm starting to be a believer uh, at devil vamp on Twitter. Used hashtag tweet the table, which you can do as well on Twitter. Use hashtag tweet the table and we'll read them right here. He said, Daniel Garcia looks like a creator wrestler that you didn't finish. Hashtag half a wrestler. Hashtag tweet the table. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his, his presentation. Uh, but it kind of fits, right? Remember when Stone Cold was like, I was in black boots, it was black trunks. Like I didn't, and they didn't yeah. have anything. Like it kind of fits like his demeanor of like, I don't care what the fuck you have to say. I'm just going to rip your arm off of your socket 
shove it down your throat, that guy would show up in, you know, black trunks and fucking and nothing else. Yeah. Right? But here's where, again, it kind of it doesn't make sense. He keeps calling himself the sports entertainer, right? Like, yes. that's where it's like, you don't He's make in the wrong sense. group. Right. When we added Sammy Guevara, we could have got rid of Daniel Garcia. Exactly. 100%. I think, and again, I'm I'm pulling from the greatest pro wrestler of all time. I think his presentation needs to be more Eddie Kingston, like where he comes out in a Tupac shirt or he's coming out in a 98 Bulls championship t-shirt. Cause that's just happens to be what he's wearing. Here's what I would do. Okay. So I would fix two birds with one stone. I wow. would. I didn't know you could do that. Daniel Garcia is going to leave the Jericho Appreciation Society because okay. now that he's beaten Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson and William Regal realize, no, he should be in the Blackpool Combat Club, right? He's going to join the Blackpool Combat Club. And we're not going to kick out, not Wheeler Yuta. We're kicking out John Moxley. Oh, he's that would here be fucking fighting your Jerichos and your fucking title. Like, he's not, we're supposed to be teaching people how to be violent. And that's not what no, he's no, doing. No, no. Pivot, pivot. Mm. Not John Moxley. Claudio. Mm. He's doing the swings. He's doing the uppercuts, which are kind of weak. And then you could have Garcia going after the Ring of that Honor. Makes a little more sense. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. more viable matchup. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yep. There you go. But yeah, because yeah. Claudio doesn't fit at all. And Jericho can even brush that off because he's like, fucking, I'm dealing with Moxley and fucking one less person to fucking. Right. You know, oh, well, yeah. no, it would be a new person. That helps. Right, it would be another person on the side of 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 the Blackpool Combat Club. We're keeping Moxley in, mm-hmm. uh, and we're getting rid of Claudio. He's like, yeah, fine, whatever, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, you want to fucking run with them? You'll be a loser just like them. Exactly. Then, right. Yeah, I'm the greatest of all time. Yep. Uh, now again, there was some shenanigans. Uh, the man that charisma forgot, Jake Hager, was grabbing Brian Danielson's foot. That caused the distraction that then made Brian Danielson pass out. He didn't tap out. He didn't get pinned. Um, but yes, Daniel Garcia did get a victory over Brian Danielson. Technically a clean victory. And that's how we end the show. Yeah. So what'd you think of AEW dynamite this, this uh, interesting. Week? I mean, I, I, that image of Daniel Garcia, and he sells it well too. Like that. He was barely able to stand, but was still like, I'll kill the next motherfucker that comes in here too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, I honestly came away really impressed with Andy Garcia. And I mean, that's large, you know, in part due to, to Brian Danielson and his performance there as well. Um, I like this episode of dynamite. There was a few lulls uh, in the, in the evening, but like most of it was good storytelling and was, is going somewhere. I loved it because it felt like AEW, And what I meant mm-hmm. by that, what I mean by that is Ricky Starks. And again, I know these people have wrestled other places, but to me on the national scale, he is an AEW guy, right? Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Daniel Garcia. We're getting like the originals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the backstage segment with Hangman and the Young Bucks. Those are AEW originals. It felt like the reemergence of AEW originals. It wasn't just, and even John Moxley, you could say technically is an original, but it didn't feel like it's, well, here's the newest WWE guy that got fired. He's here. Like, right. It felt like we're investing in the people that we have. Here they are. Hook. Hook is another one, right? We're investing in the people who we have, and we're going to push them. We're not caring about New Japan. We don't care right now about Ring of Honor. It is about AW and yep. the people we have in-house right now. And that's what was my favorite part about this whole episode. Yeah, I liked it. 
Um, all right. All right. We're going to get into the Spanish announce table tradition to oh, do yeah. some SummerSlam picks. And technical difficulties. And technical difficulties. <laughs> SummerSlam is this weekend. And we're going to go card. It is Saturday. Yeah, which is interesting. Competing again with the UFC, which is dumb. Why would you split some of your audience? I know it's not all of it. I know, like, for example, you don't like MMA, so it's not splitting right. you, right? But I want to see Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez, too. And I don't give a shit about WWE, but like, if I did, you're splitting me. Well, you're splitting and and it's always traditionally been WWE on Sundays. Right. So like, it's not a weird, it's like, we'll tell UFC to go to Sunday. It's like, no, they, they have always gone on Saturday to avoid competing with you. (laughs) Like what the fuck are you talking about? And there's one thing, for example, when day one was on Saturday, because the first day of the year was a Saturday, you can excuse that. Of course. Sure. But now you're just being a dick. Right. Just being a dick. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, I don't know. So, anyhow. Uh, before we get into that, we do got one tweet table from at Kentucky Fried Comedian. says, uh, with Vince McMahon's scandal forcing him to retire, is WWE going to crumble under the weight of McMahon's ego and not grooming his successor? Magic 8-Ball says to check back later. Why couldn't Vince Russo take this hit for his former boss? Lame. Hashtag tweet the table. <laughs> no, it's not going to crumble. I, yeah, I don't think so either. I think what's going to crumble, again... If I'm shaking my magic eight ball and I'm just saying it because all the evidence points this way, call me crazy. I don't care. I think in three years or less, we're going to see the divorce of triple H and Stephanie McMahon. I think that's, what's going to happen And on our, on our 13 year anniversary. Are we going to be suddenly like, Oh man, the biggest news in WWE since Vince McMahon's retirement. Yeah. Triple H starts his own promotion. (laughs) Exactly. You know, cause then triple H is going to start his own thing. Shawn Michaels leaves. He goes with him because he has no allegiance to Stephanie. I don't know. That probably wouldn't happen, but then, you know, let's have some fun. Maybe they get hired to run ROH. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Tony Khan hires them to run ROH. Uh, I'm telling we'll you, see. that's what right. I think happens. We'll Stephanie see. still listens to Vince until the day he dies or she dies because he'll live forever. <laughs> All right. We're going to make some SummerSlam predictions, right? And uh, I've got WWE.com up. It is Thursday night, July 28th. So if anything happens on SmackDown, we didn't know about it. Peace off. Uh, direct all your hate mail to somebody the fuck else because we don't care. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Right here on WWE.com, the Mysterios, plural, versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day in a no disqualification match. You also wanted to bring up WWE Raw yeah. celebration of Rey Mysterio. So let's talk it's, about that as well. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> it's not 20 years of Mysterio. You know why? They fired him. They let him go. He wrestled in Lucha Underground. He was a part of the first all-in main event alongside yep, the Lucha Bros and the Young he Bucks. Was doing all kinds of stuff. He was everywhere. For a number of years. Multiple and years. So, yes. And the only reason I believe that they signed him back is because AEW was interested in signing him full-time. And they said, you can't have him. We want the mass sales. Come back, Ray. Right? And we'll promise to make your son a star. But here's the thing that I want to point out. Exactly what happened, isn't it? I a million percent. Uh, but here's the thing that I want to point out. If you disagree with me, because you're wrong, 
Um, I worked at a place for four years, four years. Then I left that company for a new job. Didn't work out, didn't like it. So I went back to the company that I worked at for four years. And now when I check my HR dashboard and it says tenure, you know what it says? Two months. Yeah. Because I'm not four years and two months. I've only been there now for two months. Things start over. So when you celebrate the 20 years of Rey Mysterio, make it make sense, you idiots. Yeah. This is yeah. the number of the, like another example of why I, I don't can like hear you WWE. if you said, well, he wrestled here for 15 years. We fired him for five and then he came back for another five. So that's 20 years of wrestling. But that's not what we're saying here. Like I get, we did this with Cena. I get, we did it with, with Randy Orton and those well, Cena was there sense. for 20 years. Right. And so was Randy Orton. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I get all that. This here. And I could even. It would be like I if they did 20 like, years of Brock Lesnar. It would be like, yeah. Uh, UFC time. Yeah, Vikings. Right? Like, yeah, what? Fucking... Yeah, the Vikings tried out like, for the fucking... NFL. And I could even excuse like a Shawn Michaels type of 20 years of whatever, right? Because there was an injury, oh, but yeah. he was still showing up. Right. Even, I could excuse... even Daniel Bryan, right? Yeah. When he was doing. But now if he comes back, you better not tell me it's been 10 years or whatever because he was yep. in AW. Right. You're... Yep. I wrong, even get when, if it was like, if you didn't fire Ray and he did 15 years in WWE, but yet it was five years in WCW, you go, well, we own WCW 20 years a day. Like I would get that, but that's not yeah. what's happening here either. Nope. Exactly. You're <laughs> no. idiots. Dumb. But this match, Mysterios versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day in a no disqualification mm -hmm. match. I feel like the Mysterios could lose this, right? If we're trying to push this Judgment Day, but are we trying to push this Judgment Day? Well, I think the big question is, does Edge come back? And if Edge comes back, what side is he on? Is he going to take out the Judgment Day because they took him out? Or is he going to see the light and say, no, Judgment Day was right. I wasn't vicious enough. That's what all these vignettes were. I was killing the demons of my past. And now I'm the devil or whatever. You know, God, that was a cool promo that I just did on the fly. Better than anything WWE is going to give you. Um I think the Mysterios win because Edge comes in and cleans house and then Dominic gets a pinfall and then now we're getting Edge versus Finn Balor. We get a face spooky edge. Yep. Yep. Face spooky edge. Lame. But yeah, they want to sell face spooky edge dolls. Mm -hmm. Shirts. Fire. <laughs> like hot topics. They're literally just gonna sell fire. <laughs> They'll sell fire. Purple it's fire. edge fire purple fire <laughs> yeah. all right um because wwe purple is spooky you know what i mean oh ooh. like undertaker had purple i'm scared of your shirt yeah, purple yeah yeah spanish house table done that all right vince man going to jail 2023 <laughs> please all right um <laughs> logan paul logan paul Versus the Miz. Now, quick shot. I mean, the Paul brothers, like I, Logan Paul posted that on things like, this is crazy. Like, we're on both sides of the Madison Square Garden bulletin board here right now. That's Props insane. to them, right? Like, yes, yeah. that is incredible. The heights of entertainment that they have achieved independent, right? Because it's not right. like you need Logan Paul to walk Jake Paul out for his boxing match. Jake Paul does it by himself right. and vice versa. You don't need Jake Paul to walk out Logan Paul. Logan Paul's doing this by himself. 
Yeah, and these guys started that as is, like you know Twit or what? What a Vine YouTube, stars or whatever yeah, the whatever, fuck yeah. it was, right? Like, uh, yeah, it is pretty remarkable the following and just careers that they've had. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, fuck them. <laughs> just, I don't like them. Uh, well, and the fuck didn't happen to us. us. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a. Bitch. Did they start ninety years ago? I bet Damn, they- do I need to grow that beard? Like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think. Rockman beats Jake Paul next weekend. Mm-hmm. That's just my boxing prediction. Okay. All right. Uh, got you on that one. All right. uh, put down $20. You never want to see again. You'll get a good return. Um, hey, I put all my money this, on the mega millions. All right. Let's, yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah, let's have go. priorities here. And then with this match there, it's force fed. I think Logan Paul, Logan Paul is going to get the, yeah. But I think Tommaso Ciampa does something silly that makes Miz mad because Miz does this with everyone. And then you're going to Tommaso Ciampa Miz. And then we're going to try to figure out what we can do with Logan Paul as he moves on with Ricochet. He's the U.S. champion right now. Fucking, that guy. Oh, it'll be Theory or Lashley, one of the two, right? Yeah. Easy. There you go. Yeah. Logan Paul and Lashley. That yep. would make total sense. Yep. The Raw Women's Championship is on the line. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. And I just don't care. Well, side note, I saw a video on Twitter. What the hell is Becky Lynch wearing? She was wearing platforms. She was wrestling. And who is she? Chris Jericho? Like, what the fuck is she trying yeah, to do? Here? I don't know what they did to this Becky Lynch thing. I know, like, she went the Seth Rollins route, like you said, right? Crazy out the same character. Delusional character, right? But character. I just, she lost that, that like, every every crowd you know what I mean? Momentum because of it. Like it just, it's just not. Seth Rollins pulls it off better for one. Well, Um, yes. Well, and, and the other thing is Seth Rollins is losing, right? The last three matches he's had, he's lost to Cody Rhodes. So you can understand like the kind of weird craziness. Like why isn't everyone listening to me? And I laugh because I'm going crazy. Okay. But like Becky Lynch, you're the number one contender and you fought to earn that right and so it's like what the fuck are you crazy about like you're not champion but you're also not losing i know we're not in the land of stories either right no what i will say about the becky lynch is at least that is a character bianca belair still what four or five years into this experiment is still come out swing the hair on the est and how the fuck are you people watching not bored with this already how the well, fuck okay. are you not angry about how that is the same fucking thing said week over week over week over fucking monotonous week? I don't get well, it. Tim. But Tim. Bianca Belair wins. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Well, no, because Becky won last year. That's when she came back. Remember? So AEW yeah. did the Adam Cole, Brian so Danielson. So then they, they did the Becky Lynch, Brock Lesnar thing. Um, yeah, Bianca wins. But I wanted to make a point. Uh, she can make 20 years of this, Tim. You know how I know? Because Rey Mysterio did it. Yeah. Like, right. What the fuck has his character been? Nothing. He lost an eye once, and then now it's back? <laughs> Remember that? He lost an eye? Lost an eye, now it's back. What a stupid... <laughs> oh, great. I can't wait for this new WWE. So excited. Okay, so yeah, I got... um. Yanka. All right. Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. And I'm, I think I'll like this one, right? 
it's interesting the story they're telling because they're they're breaking kayfabe air quotes mm-hmm. because they're saying they played on the Colts together. They, they were, were roommates. roommates. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That has some substance, right? This is the most in-depth story I well, can think of. Well, it's easy for crossover telling. appeal, right? If they're going to appeal to NFL fans, they go, look, these yep. guys were fucking on the Colts and they were actual roommates. Look, here's their fucking photo. Yeah. And, and this has depth. I mean, we were just talking about Bianca and Becky. Oh, they just keep wrestling each other. That's the feud. But with this, it's like they live together. They hated each other back then. Now they still hate each other at the new place of employment. They're going to fight out their differences. Okay, I get that. There's some people I work with that I want to fight. So I like it. Uh, I think, again, Pat McAfee has to win this, right? Corbin can lose 200 matches and never be affected. Pat McAfee has to win this. Unless it's like, we're going to carry this on. But usually you don't do that at SummerSlam, right? I mean, like... Right. Or we have someone. So let's say Corbin does something so disastrous out of nowhere. Maybe he pulls a celebrity to help him, whatever. And then it's, oh, my God, you'll have to tune into Raw to see what Pat McAfee has to say. And then they're hoping to hook those, you know what I mean, casual fans. So maybe, yes, I could see a situation where Happy Corbin either wins or stands tall at the end of the situation. But yeah, my money's Pat on McAfee. Pat McAfee wins the match. Yeah, Pat McAfee wins, but then whoever the next feud is for Pat McAfee gets involved post-match, which, you know, we're doing more TikToks, which, by the way, check us out on TikTok. And I've been watching more wrestling TikToks. I've been seeing this TikTok trend that people think Corey Graves is going to get involved with Pat McAfee, like it's a commentary beef, because apparently Corey Graves can now wrestle again. And so come back and fight Corey Graves for the gas bag of WWE award. Like, I don't know what they fight over, but I keep seeing that. So maybe that happens. Uh, but yeah, I got Pat McAfee. Yeah. I don't know how I'd feel about Corey Graves back. Like, I mean, you know, just not me to say, right. Like obviously, right. Like if it's something you wanted to do, he's going to do it. But like, I feel like he's found a home on the, on the commentary table. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. You know, like he had that in him obviously, and he did it well. Um, but like it would feel i would feel even more missing if he wasn't there <laughs> but one of the shining do, spots of it all yeah but if you're gonna go to survivor series and you're gonna do brand supremacy you do the raw commentator versus the smackdown commentator i mean there it is you could get a bunch of weird teammates there too right like people that are kind of like what the commentary battle right and so he's like well, I've got Funaki. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, just, or you just right? get you get like pseudo celebrities to give their takes. So you get like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and all right. these commentators. Yeah, like, give it. their hot take on who they think's gonna win. That's what'd be fun. I hope I hope some fun comes back to WWE. So the rumor is that Triple H is wanting to make a creative splash for SummerSlam. And as you read your uh, match card, I think I got what it's going to be. So we'll keep going. Okay. Well, we get the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships on the line when the Usos take on the Street Profits with special guest referee Jeff Jarrett. And, man, I feel like if they don't let the Street Profits win here, it's over for the tag team, right? Like They're breaking them You've just shown that they've got a glass ceiling, right? I think I they're hope breaking. We don't, man. I feel like they're quietly 
have become one of the top five tag teams around the Street Profits. Like their chemistry oh, yeah. together, their Love abilities them. in ring, their swagger, yep. their whole presentation. Yep. God, it's way too soon to break them up right now. Yep, but I think that's what they're going to uh, do. Well, I think conventional wisdom tells us that, well, but... Tim, did I lose you? No, I don't think so. Uh-oh. We might have lost Tom Uh-oh. for a second. Oh, oh, maybe maybe he's back. Could I'm going to keep me. talking. Look at this. Technical difficulties. Keeps going. As yeah, I we said. got technical difficulties. He's frozen on my screen, but I'll keep talking. We hear you a little bit, Tom. Say some words, but... Uh, as we go along, I, I mean, I think the street profits are, are top notch. I think conventional wisdom tells us that they're going to split them up right now, but maybe they don't, right? Because we got the triple H in charge now, or so we're told. Maybe we'll get that. I don't know if Tom is back here. Oh, there he is, Tom. It's technical difficulties. It's technical right difficulties. <laughs> Like I told you we had that to have shit. It. <laughs> I told you we had to have it. Um, so what was the last thing that? What you I was saying is, yes, the conventional wisdom tells us this looks like if the, if the Usos win, we get street profits breaking up. But we're to believe somebody else is calling the shots now, and these are some NXT guys. So maybe not. Well, maybe not. I feel like this is some of the first tests we're gonna get. And this is where I think the crumbling in their marriage is going to start. <laughs> Stephanie's going to be like, we have to break them Dad up. Dad said the Usos got to win Dad everything. Said, <laughs> yeah, the, the, Dad said that the, the Montez Ford jumps high. Usos are scary. Yeah. We got it right, yeah. yeah. Montez Ford jumps high, guys. Don't, you, don't we like that? That's what my dad liked. And Triple H is be like, what the fuck? And then here it goes. Do, 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 do. Yeah. No tag teams. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Triple H like, no, we need tag teams. No. Uh, but yeah, no, I got the Usos. I got the Usos. Mm. I'm going to say Street Profits. I think Jeff Jarrett's there. He's going to help Which, why? some shenanigans. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? By the way, he's wrestling in a tag team match himself with, you know, Jay Lethal taking on Andrade and Pacemaker Flair. Like, he has a pacemaker. Rick Flair's <laughs> final match. Rick Flair's final match. We're going to make a big to-do about Rick Flair's final match. And we're going to make it a tag team match. And... Well, but it's his son-in-law. It's good. Yeah, right. So that, I'm like, okay, son-in-law, fine. But then it's... Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal I even get, right? Because we had the woo-off and we had him doing the thing. Like, okay, fine. But, I mean, Jeff Jarrett, I, I get there's some, right? We've had the history with him doing the, you know, the flair impersonation. But, like, meh. Well, right? and now, have you been seeing any of these videos oh, they've been making? so... Like, they're what? awesome. <laughs> I love them. They're so stupid. It feels like when somebody wants to make a video... Like if if I was like I can't believe you watch pro wrestling it's stupid it's fucking full of bullshit and you go no it's not and you'd be like yes it is here here's what pro wrestling is <laughs> I would make that yeah well Ric Flair's like I never liked your fucking dad <laughs> yeah fuck you. you know what I mean like and then well, like, they're bloodying him up and they're yeah. like just fucking calling him out and press conferences and shit it's like oh. Karen Angle is getting involved like slapping him around it's what in the hell and then like now you get Ric Flair doing these like half-ass squats that he calls Hindu squats which isn't a thing and he's doing these things and then he's like Jeff Jarrett you pussy <laughs> like, 
what the hell is any of this? Yeah. We're hearing stories what that Charlotte Flair said that he asked if he could do a top rope dive, and she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, but I will say it's a more in-depth uh, story than anything we got on WWE. Oh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean. Credit to him. I mean, I, I want to see a train crash sometimes, so maybe I'm going to see this. But he has a pacemaker. He has a pacemaker. Stop. I saw somebody, I saw a meme that said, when Ric Flair takes the guitar shot and wakes up wrestling Chris Benoit. <laughs> I was like, oh, God damn. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, man. All Not right. Good. So, you say Usos, I say Street Profits. We'll move on. United States champion Bobby Lashley versus Theory, which, by the way, the first time Vince McMahon is gone in the whole first hour is let's kick Theory in the dick. Right? I mean, am I Your dad's am not I here. wrong there? <laughs> Jesus. Everybody got their shit in on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love I, him. But I think he, he... He loses. You think he loses? Yeah. Because, yeah, again, he's got that stupid-ass money in the bank, so he doesn't need to and win. he doesn't that's need a, it, right. Bobby Lashley is a guy who's helped with a prop, if we're being honest. Yeah. Still. I mean, he's, a, he's well-improved, but he still is helped with a prop. But that's a, that's a tried-and-true method. The Money in the Bank winner doesn't need to win, so just have him lose until he cashes in and then wins the championship. Ha, 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 you didn't see it coming. It just mm. even fits better, though, the Money in the Bank. You know what I mean? Like, it, it to help somebody get over who feels like they couldn't beat somebody otherwise, the Money in the Bank is the perfect tool. So it almost, like, if you have that character, when he has the Money in the Bank, you almost have to do that thing where he goes away and you forget he exists for a while. Or you forget mm -hmm. that he has the Money in the Bank, right? You have theory going around doing his own thing, but if he just wasn't carrying that thing around reminding you all the time, when he sprung it somewhere, it's like, oh, shit. I'm, the first Edge one was kind of that yeah. way, right? Like, we were kind of mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, I forgot that was a thing. Yep. Yeah. But no, I got Bobby Lashley. Yeah, all right. The SmackDown Women's Championship is on the line, and Liv Morgan takes on Ronda Rousey. I, I think Liv Morgan wins. I don't think we ever lose it right away, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I say Liv Morgan. Hmm. Is this a John Cena turns heel kind of moment for me? I think it is. I'm going Ronda Rousey turns heel. She does something underhanded and wins the title. And now we've got babyface Liv running after heel Ronda Rousey. This is where it happens. Because fuck Ronda. No one likes her. So no so one you likes stole Ronda my Rousey. Thunder. And for the nine-year anniversary, I was gonna throw my dark horse. <laughs> event pick for SummerSlam was going to be John Cena turns heel. <laughs> I love that. that was John so Cena great. turns heel. John Cena's <laughs> turning heel on this one. That was like my first big prediction of the Spanish Nazi. I was like, John Cena's going to turn heel. He's going to lead the I Nexus or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're still doing big predictions. I've got but maybe we get it. Triple H is running and... things down. Maybe John Cena shows up and turns heel in the main event. Maybe maybe but no i got i got ronda turns heel and wins a championship and then we do babyface runs after heel champion ronda at this point i just kind of hope Liv morgan wins just because i'm like i this ronda rousey experiment feels super failed and i just don't like oh it. yeah she no i told you that I, i'm going back to the, I know. check the tapes but i know uh, like i know we're live hell. now, no. <laughs> now if she goes heel, I think there's a little bit more substance and It'll fun fit. that we It'll can be have because yeah, she's absolutely. a miserable person. So there yeah. we go. Yeah, she's, I mean, like her whole demeanor reads heel. So it might as well be. Yep. Exactly. Yep. 
All right, the final match on this card here, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. All WWE conventional wisdom tells us Roman Reigns wins this match. No, Roman. Roman's going to lose. I got Brock. Why? I got Brock. Okay, just because Brock fucking Suplex City. Yeah, I think Brock just, and he wins it. And oh my God. Even though the Usos tried to do the. Yep. And then they have the. Roman Reigns has this crisis of conscience as he doesn't know what the fuck he's happening. Oh my God. Just the whole bloodline then. Do you amend your Usos? No. That would even be better if the Usos still won and he lost. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, Jesus, but you can't even talk shit exactly. on us, bro. Yeah, like that's you, what I that's what I think happens this is, time. Is the first thing you see on SmackDown is a backstage segment with Roman Reigns sitting there with no belts around him, and the Usos be like, "Hey, man, it's good, Us," and they have both of their championships, and like, "It's good, man, we're good." And he's like, "We're not fucking good." And then we get the crazy Roman. You think you're fucking better than me? Exactly. Like, no, 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 no. And he's like, you yeah. fucking think you're better than me. Like, we didn't say that, bro. Yeah. Like, why'd you look at him? Right? Like, yeah. fucking, exactly. Yes. That's why I think. Yeah. And then eventually Roman will get it back. But way better this story. Isn't the last time. Way better story. Way better story if that happens mm-hmm. uh, than what I think is going to happen. Now, we could get it looks like Brock Lesnar is going to win. And John Cena shows up and turns heel and gives him the Kansas City cunt punt. Roman you're, Reigns you're wins. Off. You're off by this and much. And then we you're get Lesnar Cena. You're off by this much. Okay. You're close. Well, because Austin Theory could come in and cash in the money in the bank, and then he becomes champ, right? Mm-hmm. They could do that. Yep. So I think Brock Lesnar wins, because Brock Lesnar eventually has to win one of these, right? He can't lose every single time. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's my logic. That's my whole reasoning behind it, is eventually Brock Lesnar has to beat Roman, because then it's just like you lose every time to Roman? What the fuck, pussy? You know? Uh, but there's one more match that you forgot about. Now he got canceled, got canceled, but Seth Rollins was going to take on Matt Riddle at SummerSlam. But as you recall, the ending of raw, uh, Riddle or yeah, uh, Seth Rollins stomped Matt Riddle's head into oblivion. They canceled the match. Seth Rollins is going to come out and he's going to be like, this is bullshit. I've, Worked nine months and I'm that I'm a dab 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 right because even on Twitter Triple H is like I hear you right um yeah which so is then, all fabricated yeah exactly and then you're gonna get Seth Rollins I demand a match you're close it could be and it would be cool if it was John Cena and he goes and beats Seth Rollins but I think we're getting the imposter John Cena to pull a John Cena move. And Cody comes out and is like, we're not done. And Cody comes out. He's walking around with no sling. Mm. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think Seth Rollins walks out. And then wrestling has more than one family but and that's not going to be a big we're thing building I don't that think rivalry right like this yep exactly yep. and just hitting that well one more time now this is where we could have even more fun triple h can be like what family are we talking about bitch that's my family and then he gets involved um, the story there right with the triple h in power now and cody i mean he broke the throne right like yeah oh the well, throne and- i now sit atop is that what you're <laughs> mm. 
And now, because again, Cody in every interview says Triple H is his favorite wrestler, all of that stuff. If you recall from the ladder match, they were playing into the uh, uh, shovel, right? The, 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 yeah, right. The shovel. Yeah. Uh, they're playing all, all sledgehammer. sledgehammer. They're playing, yeah. They're playing into the sledgehammer. Uh, the next chapter of the Cody Seth Rollins story is Triple H. They already got through Dusty Rhodes. So now it's Triple H. And that's what happens here. I'll admit. In the YouTube chat, we've got, I don't know if this is Nick Thestic or Nick the Stick. I'm going to go with Nick the Stick. He says, I'm going to SmackDown tomorrow. Will SmackDown be good tomorrow? No. I mean, have you thought it was good anytime <laughs> recently? If you thought it was good anytime recently, it will probably be good. Nick, thank you so much for the comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we appreciate you watching. We're going to be flat out honest with you. Yeah, WWE's kind of not good. Yeah. So uh, we're hoping that there is a new era coming and Triple H is actually in charge and we do get some changes and we get some more fun back. We are hoping. So if you. So I'll yeah. be watching. I, I've been tuning in more, nice. and I understand that, like, it's not a, a light switch moment, right? Like, we're not going to get mm-hmm. suddenly, all of a sudden, this is Attitude Era, right? Like, there will have to be a transition time frame. I'm hoping to see positive things. Not everything is bad. This Roman Reigns does a good job at what he does. I feel like they've drawn on the Roman Reigns run a little too long and those kind of things. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I like the Street Profits Usos thing. I too think it's gone on a little too long and drawn on, but I think there's good moments and there can be better. And I'm sure going to these things live can, can be fun. Albeit one of the reasons you and I stopped going to these things live for a while was because it starts to feel boring. You get a little, you're standing there like, Oh man, we're another commercial and we're, you know, like, so that's the thing, you know, all these uh, hot takes of what Triple H is going to do. Now, Finn Balor and Nakamura are going to be your champions in two months and all this stuff, right? All that stuff. Again, he serves different masters than when he was in NXT. My thing that I hope he can do on day one, I didn't watch Raw, so I don't know if it was changed, but SmackDown, Nick, if you're at, at SmackDown tomorrow, the number one thing that I think he can do that would make the show 30 times better is the pacing if we have wrestler a walks to the ring commercial he's standing in the dark he's not looking at everyone in the crowd we're doing the woo challenge where give us your best rick flair woo then we come back from commercial but instead of going to the match we go back to a backstage promo of something unrelated then we get a mm-hmm. segment of what happened two weeks ago to Brock Lesnar. Then we get a promo for the next pay-per-view and then we get back to the match and then the person walks out like that shit sucks. If he can fix that. Here's another thing. There you go. That Again, this takes time and this isn't something I would expect to change overnight, but if we can stop getting the jerky cam. Oh, Kevin Dunn, you're fucked pal. <laughs> Right? Can we stop getting the, You're done. this fucking thing? Oh, the yeah. fucking uh, back and forth and the transition. And the, oh, I'm here. And the fucking, oh, fuck! That's so bad. It's nauseating <laughs> trying to watch it mm-hmm. sometimes. Nick the Stick here says agreed. I don't. Sorry, we're yeah. we're about on a ten to fifteen second delay, but I'm sure I'm sure everything Tom said was hundred percent right. So that makes sense that you would agree with him. Um, but yeah, I yes, I just. If we could lose some of those things, right? Like the pacing of being there live sucks. The the, the the watching the the matches live kind of sucks because of the jerk cam. <sighs> Tim, 
Yeah. We, oh, I never even considered that. So Kevin Dunn, most likely. The Did you not the see wall. the meme of, uh, they were like, there's a whole bunch of people on WWE television watching a TV straight on. The Triple H era has arrived. <laughs> it's yeah. like they weren't angled watching the fucking, you right. know, there's little but things. Here's my, little things. here's my question. And I don't know. So I'm not, I can't really give you a name, but who takes over? Because as you see from AEW, it's not like anyone can just sit in that chair and then things are good because AEW consistently oh, yeah. misses things. As and much calls as we don't like shots. some choices made by Kevin Dunn, they hit the spot they're supposed to. Right. Yeah. They know yeah. what they're doing. Like they are a well oiled machine in that regard. And yeah, right. Kevin Dunn is no longer. That's the most in interesting favor part for me. Cause that would affect me, right? We don't know the creative decisions. We never really have. I, in my opinion, cause dirt cheat writers are just gossipers uh, talking to mid carters who have a beef with someone. They're stupid. Um, but if Kevin Dunn, who again, I think is out of here, the visual presentation of WWE, again, we can work on that stuff, but are they going to get all the shots? Cause like I said, go over to AEW. They miss a ton. So should be interesting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I uh, man, I've had a blast here, right? Nine years of the Spanish announce table. We've got old friends. We've got new friends like Nick the stick. I'm just I'm making that command decision. Yeah, Nick, Nick the, the stick. stick. I think right? it is. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Nick the yeah. stick. I'm looking at it. Nick the stick. Um, welcome. Uh, I don't know if you've been around before or not, but uh, we appreciate you guys. We do this live every Thursday. We like to talk with you while we do it. So chat with us live. You can also reach us throughout the week on, on Twitter at table show and use hashtag tweet the table. Uh, and you can read that. Uh, we'll read them live here. Uh, and just make some new friends, right? We like wrestling friends, yeah. we some wrestling friends. So we can do this Nine for 10 years. years, 11 years. Yeah. Nine years nine of Spanish years. announce table. And let's hope that Vince McMahon gets nine years in prison. The Spanish...